everybody! Welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, and today I'm here with the very thankful. It's Brad. Hello, it's Brad. I am quite thankful. Today is Thanksgiving on day of recording, so I am quite thankful. How is Blue? I am well. It, 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 Canadian Thanksgiving has already passed, so this is specifically for you Americans, US of Aeans. Did you have a good day? I did. It was interesting. It's the first Thanksgiving we've, or even first major holiday we've had without my grandmother, so it was kind of, it was kind of somber. It was definitely weird. I haven't been around my dad's side of the family or everyone like that since the funeral, so it was, it was weird. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it was, it was a good day. I had a lot of food. I feel like I've gained 10 pounds and I need to go play 37 hours of tennis to work it all <laughs> off. But outside of that, I am in a very good mood because today's topic was quite good. Yeah, yeah. So today we are going to be getting into Cheer Boys for, this is the last of, is it the last? This is the last of Sports Month. So This is the last of Sports Month. It is. So I am, we definitely ended it on a really good note, in my opinion, without getting spoilery or actually getting into my actual thoughts. This was... This took me by surprise, because you said this was for jokes, but this wasn't yeah. just jokes. No, well, that's the thing, is that uh, it's a very, overall, it's a very lighthearted anime. It does have some moments in there where it deals with some realistic issues that people go through in life, but the humor, even in, like, the most, like, self-deprecating, like, down-on-themselves moments is consistent. And the animation style is quite amusing. There's, yeah, just consistent humor throughout it, probably more than any of the animes, sport animes that we've covered so far, which is why I'm like, this one to me is a lot of fun. You see, I can, I can agree with that. And I think you and I will have very similar thoughts come the end of this podcast, but I have a feeling that I'm going to drop a bomb on you that you're not prepared for. I am intrigued. But before we get into all that nonsense, shall we talk about some news, considering I have more than usual today? Yeah, let's jump right into it. Let's do it. We are on the ball today for some reason. <laughs> Why? What are we doing? What's up I, with us? I have no clue. This this is odd. You would think with me being so full of turkey and other shit, I would just be lazy and be sitting here going, Ugh, but now yeah. I'm I'm good to go. I'm wired. You're I've had so much up. caffeine today. It's unreal. I got woke up early, so I'm like, caffeine, 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 caffeine. Caffeine. So, first piece of news. Yuri on Ice has a new film announced. Oh, that's going to be exciting. I thought the series was done, but no. So, a new trailer has officially been put online. However, the trailer was initially shown at a film festival back in January of 2019. Mm-hmm. But it was never released after that. Ah, okay. So, it just, as of the past couple of days, officially got put online to actually be shown to people. Because mm. they're just ready to start showing it. Because the film was initially slated to be released last year. I would assume probably in the fall of last year. However, they just completely postponed it because they wanted to make the film bigger and better than what they had initially planned. Right, okay. So I am I am intrigued. How do you feel when, like, specifically video game companies do it a lot, but when a franchise or, I don't know, something that you really enjoy that's like a series of things has 
a new thing coming out and then they, or like, I don't know, just like something that you're really hyped for has a new thing coming out and then they postpone it for like technical improvements and stuff. With video games, I mean like with anime and stuff, once it's released, it's released. But with video games, quite often things are put out in like beta and then updated as they go. What's your, what's your vibes on that? So it all depends on the game, how it's released and how it's marketed. Now, in the case of The Last of Us, that didn't have a beta. It mm-hmm. was just released, and it got delayed at least once. But I think it honestly got delayed twice, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. However, as long as it's delayed for true technical improvements, I'm fine with that. Now, if they're delaying it because they were slacking off and that's something completely different, but then you have the case of Cyberpunk that's been delayed three or four times now. Mm-hmm. I know... It was like a week before it was delayed the last time. CD Projekt Red put out a tweet saying, no more delays. And then it got delayed like a week later. So that pissed off a lot of fans. But the reason being on the, it was, I think it was the prior gen Xbox Ones that just couldn't handle the game. So they had to go in and rework it just so all the consoles could get it all at once. Right. So, again, I get it, but that one pissed off a lot of fans. For me, personally, it doesn't, I don't necessarily care one way or the other. As long as we get a good game at the end of it, that's fine. Now, with the early access system, like Steam does, I'm a little bit more iffy Mm -hmm. on that one. I get you're releasing it in early access so people can try out your game, and it's a really good fundraising for you and your development team to kind of get the cash flow going and everything else, but... I don't think it's right to charge a full $60 for a game that's completely broken and busted in early access right off the bat, as is mm-hmm. the case of Baldur's Gate. Because I was extremely excited for Baldur's Gate because it's Divinity, but bigger, badder, and it's based off of D&D 5th Edition. Mm-hmm. So it goes full in-depth and goes really well with the full uh D and D side of things like dice rolls for everything you want to do, so on and so forth. However, they put it into early access right off the bat at sixty dollars. So it's a triple A title price on a game, but the save mechanic is broken. Mm-hmm. Dakota and some of our friends were playing it. They got four hours into a campaign and they found out they couldn't save it because Dude. the game is supposed to auto save after major events in the game, but they found out that it didn't. And they got four hours in and tried to manually save, but it was acting like it was auto-saving. Right. So it wouldn't actually let them save. And they went through some hellacious boss fights to get to where they were. (laughs) That's like my old Game Boy Advance games. All of the batteries in them, the internal batteries are dead. So now I I can still play them, but uh, none of, you can't save any of them. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, uh, it's just whenever something like that happens, it's just so deflating. Like in the case of with the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and all that stuff going on, a lot of games right now are extremely cheap. Yeah. Walker just ended up buying GTA Five on the PC and asked if I wanted to play with him. So mm-hmm. I kind of loaded in with him and showed him the ropes, but that's all I wanted to do. And he was wondering why. And so I told him, I was like, look, man, I played that game whenever it came out on PS3 beat the whole campaign, played GTA Online with friends, got it whenever it came out on PS4, did the same thing, mm-hmm. and then got it on PC just to help my buddies with some of the new CEO stuff that came out and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that's it. It's deflating every time you have to try to go through a game again, especially something that you don't have a lot of emotional attachment to. 
Mm-hmm. The Last of Us, I can go back and play anytime because I love that game to bits. But mm-hmm. something like Grand Theft Auto, that's just GTA, It's there's not a lot of attachment there. So it, I don't know, man. Yeah, how do you feel about DLC? Because like, if you think about, like so many games have like, so many different expansion packs and game packs and all this kind of stuff, you know, and you you purchase them and you add them to a game. But then there are things like Minecraft that just update and add in whole new sections of their world and you pay once and you get everything that you need to be able to play the game. And whenever there's a new like patch update, then everyone all gets it, right? Do you, mm-hmm. like, could imagine if Minecraft, like if all of that was, you had to pay for it. Like you had to pay for every major update. It's one of those things to where I think depending upon what it is, some DLC is worth paying for, others are not. Mm-hmm. Back whenever Call of Duty used to charge 30 bucks or 40 bucks for a sole map pack, yeah. I was entirely against that. Yeah. But you have games like The Witcher that will release an extra 60 hours worth of content in a season pass that's going to cost you 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. As long as the amount of fun and time that you're going to get out of it outweighs the cost, then I'm all for it. But that's also how I look at games in general. Mm-hmm. But if it's a few map packs and all that other stuff that's just that they're releasing for free now because of all the fan backlash, mm-hmm. then I'm not for that. But making people pay for cosmetics and stuff like that, I'm okay with that because it doesn't enhance the game. Yeah. By any means, at least from giving anybody a technological edge. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even I've spent money on cosmetics, anime yeah. tracer packs, but that's <laughs> besides the point. Uh, <laughs> I think it all just depends on the content. Yeah. Skins and stuff I get because it doesn't change anything, you know. Mm-hmm. It just it, it just is for your own entertainment. But when I get to things like uh, The Sims is a fantastic example. The cost of their like even their like stuff packs being like fifteen dollars for like ten items in the game, and then you compare that to other games where the the updates and stuff are just like released. I don't know. It feels. Like money grab. Well, it is money, money grabbing. You know, it's it's it makes you lose faith in the companies that produce the games. Mm-hmm. And especially because The Sims is made by EA, and EA is the biggest the cash notorious. grab company yeah. I have ever seen. Yeah. And The Sims is probably the biggest. I, I'm not even sure, but it's their biggest cash grab. Yeah, because it's I like know you that said, FIFA fifteen dollars for money a, as well. Yeah, it's. $15 for a stuff pack that gets you maybe 10 items. Yeah. And they release stuff quite continuously. Yeah. Not only that, but The Sims has been out for... Sims 4 has been out for how long now? I think it was like 2010. I don't know. I feel like it's been out for a while. So it's been out for that long, and they're still releasing big packs that they charge $40 for their... Expansion packs, right? No, expansion packs, I think it's 60. I don't know. I'm in Canadian, so. So I think it's 40 or 50 American for stuff packs, 25 or 30 for game packs, and then $10 to $15 for stuff packs. I think if you get one of each, the deal, like when you bundle them, I think it rounds to about 100 Canadian dollars. I That's just off the top of my head, though. I haven't gotten, I haven't looked in a long time. Yeah, if you bundle it, it's cheaper, but that still doesn't, in my opinion, make it better. No. It's, you can't 
ever not put your shit on sale and charge people ridiculous fucking prices for your shit that's extremely outdated and doesn't add that much to the game. Yeah. And especially as lackluster as Sims is with a lot of their customization and stuff. Sure, your outfits are nice, but you and I have went off on a tangent about the Sims before about how they're not truly inclusive with everything and how a simple color wheel for skin tones and a lot of other customization is just lacking and it's shit that people have been pushing for for ages and it's not even confirmed that you're going to get it in the sims 5 which the sims 5 by the way is going to make all your shit from the sims 4 just irrelevant at that point yeah well the the thing uh, the biggest thing from the sims community with the skin turns is that there is a color wheel already programmed into the game in the expansion pack Cats and Dogs, where you can go in and you can use a color wheel to color the fur of your cat or dog, right? Mm -hmm. And so they've already programmed it. They just need to apply it to the Sims so that people can make them match. Like, because Sims is designed for kids, right? It's a a children's game. I know a lot of older people play it as well, same as a lot of different games play whatever makes you happy right but it's originally its target audience is for for their target audience is quite young and i remember playing the sims growing up and it would suck if i went into a game and tried to make myself as you would do in a simulation game and you can't make yourself because your skin tone isn't there Mm -hmm. and they added a few hair types as well they added some more curly hair types but i don't know it yeah it just feels like they're and, it, and when they do that kind of stuff, it doesn't feel like they're doing it genuinely. It feels like EA is jumping in because otherwise they're going to get called out for racism. So they're like, okay, well, I guess we'll, you know, add in some extra hair, hair types. And it's like, okay, you're only doing this for publicity. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't, I, there's stuff like that that I don't get. Yeah. And yet they're doing everything they can to try to grab as much money. But you're also putting those hair types and stuff behind a paywall. Yeah. I don't think inclusion should come behind a paywall, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. But I don't know. I guess I I just find it weird how some games will have the most at just the most in-depth character customization that I've ever seen. And then you have Sims that is a true simulation of life and being able to create your character and try to create your ideal life in a game. Mm. But it's lacking in that department. Yeah. Yeah, I remember what I was going to say now. The, the thing about it with the expansions and stuff is is because there's been so many versions of The Sims, like we're on Sims 4, there's been so many different expansions and stuff that have already previously been released. And The Sims community have their favorites. And it takes a really long time for The Sims community to get their favorite expansions to come out. Like Sims University only came out like, what, two? A year ago? Two years ago? A year ago. About a year ago. Was it that long ago? Because I thought you streamed that earlier this year. It might have been the beginning of this year. I think I was still in Clayton, but I think it was earlier this year. So I don't think it's been a year yet. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, yeah, I, I feel like it's it's been around a year since Sims University came out. And Sims University, I think, was the biggest expansion pack of Sims 3. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get it until how many years after Sims 4 was released? Anyway, we went on a whole different tangent there. Yeah, but still, I think the I think the point about DLC and all that came across. I think I've rambled a lot because I get kind of passionate about DLC. Yeah, no, I do too. Because obviously, I want like indie creators and stuff like that to be able to, to release DLC to then be able to 
work on new projects, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, if they don't have a game blow up right away, but they have a core group of fans and that core group of fans wants more content for it and they're willing to pay for it so that they can actually make more content, then I'm all for DLC. I'm just not a huge fan of massive companies releasing tiny things for a lot of money that give, like, that don't, they don't give enough. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it goes back to the value has to match the quality of life of the product that you're getting. Yeah. Like, again, Witcher 3 DLC that gives you 60 hours of content for 40 bucks makes sense. Mm-hmm. But 10 or $15 for 10 in-game items that barely touches cosmetically, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Again, that's just my opinion, and I'm sure any Big Sims fans that listen to that may or may not disagree. I don't know, but it's just, to me, it the ends do not justify the means. I feel like most Sims fans feel like the prices are too too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's just odd. Mm-hmm. Next piece of news? Next piece of news. So, what have we talked about for the past 87 weeks? <sighs> well, it's certainly not Demon Slayer, so... What? No. Pokemon? Yes, Pokemon. Great. So, Demon Slayer's final volume that we talked about last week, mm-hmm. it has officially been confirmed that they are going to be adding in a special epilogue chapter to Oh, the manga. okay. So, that's exciting. So, it's it's final, but it's not quite final. Yes. I mean, it's going to be final because they're just adding in an epilogue chapter, but that's it. Mm. Yeah. But also, Demon Slayer has broken another record in the manga department because it has officially sold over 120 million units. Nice. And it's spinoff volumes that are going to be covering uh, Tanjiro's Teacher and the Flame Shinobi mm-hmm. have broken a record because they are the first official spinoff volumes to sell over 1 million volumes. No other spinoff of any other series has sold over 1 million copies if it wasn't done by the original author. Hmm. So that's really interesting, but also yeah. exciting for the Demon Slayer creators. Hmm. That brings up another... I'm doing all these tangents today. But that brings up another question to me. Okay. Um, how do you feel about the culture of like spin-off, spin-off content, of bonus chapters, stuff like that, that are not done by the original author? Because it's far more common... With, like, anime, manga, stuff like that, where there's, like, fan stuff that is actually published. Mm-hmm. Then we see over here where, for instance, like, Harry Potter, when they released Cursed Child, and it was, re- it was like, known that J.K. Rowling didn't write it, there was kind of an uproar surrounding it. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on content that isn't done by the original creator? So I think as long as the original creator works on it in some shape, form, or fashion, mm-hmm. then as long as it holds true to the original's ideals, then I don't have any issues with it. Mm-hmm. But again, as long as you know all parties are okay with it and they all work together to create some story that actually keeps everything cohesive, mm-hmm. because it's only whenever shit... That spins off, no pun intended, but kind of spirals out of control. Right, yeah. That's where I kind of take issue with stuff like that happening. The cursed child can go burn in hell, and the person who wrote the Harry Potter books, I mean, the ancient scripts, already should be, but that's mm-hmm. a different story. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my takes on it, because I know, like, the... Manga spinoffs of, like, Attack on Titan Junior High, where they're all little chibi characters running around and stuff. 
that's funny. It's humorous. And as long as you get more backstory that kind of builds on the lore and everything else around it, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm cool with stuff that like fans and stuff, whatever, whoever publishes it does, even if it's like really not canon, so long as they state not canon, unofficial, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff with it, because then you can just kind of take it like a fan fiction and Mm -hmm. read it like that and enjoy it and then go back to your other content and be like, yeah, but this is the actual story. That was just somebody else's opinion, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so long as they kind of like marked it that way, it's when for me, they put stuff out that like it's official. Mm Mm-hmm. That it bugs me, you know? Yeah. And while we're on the topic of Demon Slayer, Mm. Demon Slayer has broken more records. So the film is now the third highest grossing film of all time in Japan. It has officially surpassed Makoto Shinkai's Your Name and Frozen. Nice. So it has earned a total of 25.9 billion yen as to date Mm -hmm. and is the number one animated film worldwide. Nice. So that's exciting. I'm very happy seeing Demon Slayer excel like that. Yeah. But also seeing how close it is to finally taking the top spot. I feel like that's going to be just groundbreaking mm-hmm. if something that new is can take the top spot of the number one grossing and or just number one grossing film of all time in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when it's it's something that's a part of something else. I find that quite unique that it's doing so well when it's not mm-hmm. just an independent film. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Now, do you want, do you know what films it's sitting behind to be able to take the top spot? Isn't Spirited Away up there, or did it already spot Spirited Away? Spirited Away is number one. Do you know uh, what number two is? Because number two might shock you. Uh, no, I have no clue. Don't let go, Jack. I'll never let go. Really, Titanic? Yeah, Titanic is the number two. Well, there you go. So that I found that one intriguing. I don't know why it intrigues me so much. But it does. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think that I would have thought that that would have done as well. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, bo- they both could have filled that damn door. They they both could have. I think Mythbusters actually tested that theory, and it came yeah. out to be true. They both could have fit. Mm. That, that film is bullshit. Creators, how dare you? I know you made one of the most successful films of all time, but how have you seen, dare you? Have you seen Titanic's alternate ending? No. Okay, so there's a scene, there's an extra scene, a bonus scene that was cut from the film of like the last moments where she throws the, spoiler alert, which it was out in 1997, if you haven't seen it already, then, um, but she she throws the necklace off of the boat, right? There's a Mm -hmm. different... There's a different version of that that's like minutes long. So yeah, if you if you guys are interested in seeing the alternate ending of Titanic, it's really bad. You can uh, you can go and see that the scene that was cut. Huh. Yeah. So Lisa is the first female artist to uh, top song download sales. That's a fucking headline (laughs) in Japan for six weeks. Okay. So Demon Slayer's Homura is the third song to ever accomplish that feat it's only it's only been done twice before by an artist with kenshi yonazu's lemon and uma tushika so only one other artist has accomplished that but it was the same artist twice wow okay so that's exciting so demon slayer's knocked off what three records this week it has but also, on the note of Homura, that song has also been nominated for Song of the Year in Japan. Wow. Yeah. So, 
Demon Slayer's killing it just all over the place. But that makes me happy in general. Demon Slayer deserves it. Demon Slayer deserves all the fucking awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, the next anime convention where people are actually going to be able to be there at conventions, we're going to see so many Demon Slayer cosplayers. Look, if you don't cosplay as Tanjiro and let me try <laughs> to climb in a box while I cosplay as Nezuko, I'm going to be pissed. There is no way in all fudge and heck am I going to be able to lift you. Look, I'm not saying you have to. I'm not even saying you have to attempt. However, if we don't go and someone does not get a picture of us with me trying to climb in a box on your back, I'm going to be upset. Can can it be a really small box? It has to be a really small box. It doesn't okay. fit the cosplay otherwise. Okay, perfect. We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm humored by this visual in my brain. <laughs> I just have Tilly as It's just... <laughs> Who's going to be Zenitsu? I'm sure we can find one at the convention. Tilly. Tilly would dress her up. Yes. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. But then what about Inosuke? Sita, my other golden. Yes. She's Let's like bring a, both the doggos. She's a million years old, so she'll just be slow and, and just plodding along. Then honestly, that should be Zenitsu and Bean can be Inosuke. Yeah, sure. Because Inosuke is the much more upbeat one. So Sounds I think good. that fits better. Yeah, yeah totally totally Look forward to those convention pictures. Never. Years from now. <laughs> years from now. Yeah, because the same as COVID thing is going to last like five years. It's going to last a while. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Look forward to that at some point. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> that's all the news. All of the news is gone. I I think that's the longest fucking news segment we've ever had. Yeah, it was a good job we jumped into it right away. Especially with all uh, those tangents we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if those make it in. You guys are some very lucky people, because those were some rants. Those are some rants. They were all relevant, though. They were. They were all relevant. It's not like our usual tangents. No, we're on track today. Yeah, we... What the fuck is wrong with us? Lots. But, you know. (laughs) Again, I just want that RPG screen of me being able to load in and look at my stats and be like, Oh, that fucking explains everything. Charisma, negative 2. Intelligence, negative 18. It makes sense. You know when they were doing Google Glass, they were trying to make that a thing? Mm -hmm. I don't understand why they didn't use that as marketing. Oh my god, yes. Because, like, if I were advertising Google Glass, I would do that. I would have that be a thing. Like, you can look around and I would, like, program something that, like, looks, like, that sees somebody on the street and, like, makes stats for them. Like, scans them and does, like, height this this much. Uh, approximate age this much. Like, you know, because we have the technology to do that. I'm not sure if we had the technology at the time. I feel like we did. But like with face recognition software and stuff like that, we absolutely have the technology to be able to do that. Why did they not just for funsies? I mean, it's not like they're going to, I mean, I suppose you could use it to be able to like actually find out who people are, which is not good. I wouldn't, I don't want to be, I mean, I know we're nearly, we are in a society where they could just like look for your face in cameras and find you. But you know, if they just had like, approximately like basic info on people i think so many more people would have bought them right or yeah. if you could do like a D attachment to where it would give you fake stats mm-hmm. and like what role they are and everything else that'd be cool as shit yeah could you imagine pokemon go but on google glass oh dude that'd be fucking amazing that, that would have been sick you see i feel like that's what they tried to accomplish with it but you're using a phone camera but it's actual glasses to where you yeah. see everything in a true pov yeah i feel like 
Because you remember those Snapchat glasses that happened like forever ago? No. Yeah, Snapchat came out with like a limited edition. Like there was only like a couple hundred thousand, I don't know, a couple thousand of them. I don't know. Uh, amount of glasses that were like photography glasses that you could wear and then like go on, use Snapchat, but through a pair of glasses. Mm-hmm. And they were like really expensive and they had these vending machines set up around the world and you had to like go and purchase them and like people were lined up for miles to get these glasses. And it was a really good marketing strategy. But I feel like if if Snapchat and Pokemon Go had teamed up because I feel like they were releasing around the same time and done that as a, a dual release. Mm-hmm. So it was like, because they both use very similar software for like to project the Pokemon onto whatever surface you're on and then to like add facial filters like i feel Mm -hmm. like those kinds of things are pretty similar tech don't at me programmers but i feel like they are (laughs) (laughs) so shall we shall we get into the background info of boy cheer yeah let's get into the background info so cheer boys was initially a novel and then a manga i guess it was just one novel because it just has one published date the published date is October 5th of 2010. It was written by Ryo Asai. Sure. The manga was also written by the same individual. Mm-hmm. The manga had a total of four volumes and ran from June 25th, 2011 through March of 2013. A total of four volumes explains why the show only had 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. Or 13 episodes, technically. I did not watch the bonus episode. I think it's a review episode. Oh, because I was crunched for time. Today has been hectic as all hell. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a, it's, because I think it's 5.5, and I'm pretty sure it's just a review episode. Wait, apparently there's another OVA. Is that? Yes, because I'm looking at the anime info to go into next. And so there's 12 episodes plus two OVAs. Ooh. So speaking of the series, the series was done by Brainspace. Which mm-hmm. we have covered previously. Previously, mm-hmm. they did My Little Monster, My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu, and Kiss Him Not Me, and Inspector. But My Little Monster is the one that we have covered. Mm-hmm. It was directed by uh, Yoshimura, mm-hmm. who, as far as director goes, has only really sole directed. This one and one other anime called Blue Spring Ride, which I was tempted to schedule for fucking Slice of Life Month, but forgot. Ah. And scheduled something else. However, they have previously worked on Gintama as storyboard and episode director. So that explains why the show has the humor and stuff that it does, because she's worked on something that's absolutely fucking hilarious. Because mm. have you seen any of Gintama? Like any clips or anything like that? Uh, I may have seen a couple gifs, but yeah, I'm not sure about anything else. They parody everything. Like, they are a parody of themselves. <laughs> I love it. A show that breaks the fourth wall like that, I guess it's just because Deadpool is my spirit animal, just makes me so happy. I do find that uh, funny when that happens. I can speak. I love it's it. It's fine. Uh, we can both speak. We both do the words. We both do the words. Isn't Gunetama that egg character from Japan? I don't know. I feel like it is. Sanrio? I'm not sure. Anyway, continue. That's it. That's it? It's all the background? Okay. I I sped through the background. I did not speed through the news, but you bet your ass I sped through that background. Okay, well then let me speed through this overview of the Amanu. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, so we are dealing with an all-male cheerleading squad in da, 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 university. What is this? We're not dealing with middle school or high school boys? <gasps> I know, I'm shocked too. Yeah, we're in university this time. We are, we are dealing with full-on adults here. And we have our main character, Haru, who is the youngest in a judo family. His family literally owns a dojo. Like, he judo was his entire life. Things happened. He ends up deciding to join his friend Kazu in creating a all-male cheerleading squad at their university and it's just about them establishing the squad, getting new members, recruiting people, getting better at cheerleading a sport that neither of them have ever done before, going through trials and tribulations of young adult life, and making friends along the way and then competing in a tournament as well. We actually get a tournament in this one, unlike All Out from the last time when it was all tournament prep. This one kind of gives you the illusion that it might be tournament prep, but you do actually get a tournament stuck in there at the end. I love a good tournament arc. It's not an anime if there isn't one. Yay, we like them tournaments. So that is the overview. So now I'm going to chuck on your spoiler chicken hats, guys, because we're going to jump into the first episode and oh my god, I forgot to write down the episode names. So we're just going from episode one to episode 12 today because I forgot to write down the episode names. Uh, what? I yeah. came in more prepared than you for once? You actually did. Uh, but then again, being... you do take all the notes. So, you know, <laughs> I can I can let this one slide just this once, but don't let it happen again. Oh, the reason being, <laughs> shh. Because the totally legal platform that I happened to watch Cheer Boys on didn't have the episode name. So I went to, I thought to myself, oh, I'll go and check on Wikipedia in the list of episodes and write down the names. And then I never got around to it. So, Blue, what what do I pay for a Crunchyroll, a Funimation, it's and all these a, other subscriptions for if you won't use them? It's not on Crunchyroll. I know it was on Funimation because it was dubbed by Funimation, but I quite frankly forgot about it and just went to my go-to. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Right, afterwards. I could have just used automation. Oops. Um, uh, I pay for all these things and you hey, don't ever use them. I pay for my own crunchy, thank you very much. I know, but <laughs> I have everything else and you, you just refuse. Um, episode one, it shall remain nameless. Haru is a first-year university student who is the youngest in a judo family. Not that I didn't already say that. His sister is a... Absolutely incredible judo martial artist, winning the national tournament in ladies judo, in university ladies judo, right at the beginning of the first episode. It's pretty established that she is an absolute powerhouse, and he is there cheering for her in the stands. He actually had previously injured his shoulder, and so is watching from the sidelines. His childhood friend Kazu knows that he's actually going to go and quit judo, and so quits as well and asks him to join him in starting up an all-men's cheerleading squad. He's kind of using his injured shoulder as an excuse to quit, but it seems that there's more going on there. And you can kind of put two and two together in the first episode that it has something to do with the shadow that his older sister casts on him for the fact that she's literally winning national tournaments. Haro is unsure, but goes along with it anyway. Uh, handing out flyers and trying to recruit people with just the two of them. And they end up uh, back at his house with a plan, trying to come up with a plan for what they can do to recruit more members when they run into their third teammate, Mizoguchi, who becomes their third teammate. 
he was actually trying to get into contact with them all week, but <laughs> he's uh, kind of pulling a little bit of a kuroko. He was though, wasn't he? Yes. Kazu shows the uh, the pair of them now, because there's now three team members, his parents, who were actually on a team together back when they were in university. His dad was the coach and his mom was the cheerleader, and they actually got married together while they were still in university, which I don't know... I mean, I assume it was a while ago, because it was back in the day, but I feel like that's against some kind of HR regulations, like a student at university and the coach. But did he actually work for the university, or did he just coach the team? I assume he would have been paid by the university for coaching their cheerleading team. But was the coach for this team actually working for the university because she was coaching another team? No, this coach. I This, this coach was coaching the all-girls team at the university and then ended up coaching the, their team as well. No, but I'm talking about the coach from our team for this show. She did not work for the school. She worked for the other team. Did she? Yes. I don't know. Am I making sense? Or am I burning everything down? I feel like I'm confused. I feel like I'm confused. Not I am confused. Uh, I'm throwing a wrench into everything because I don't don't fucking know. I'm just trying to... I'm trying to... Fuck. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like the coaches for the university team's cheerleading squads would have been paid for by the university as like a sports coach. Because I feel like, you know, in American football... The college football, you know, the coaches are paid for by the university, not the team. So here's a thought. Right. Why are none of the coaches in sports anime ever talked about as if they're actually part of the school? They're always like outside entities. They're like, oh, I'm going to coach this team now because a player approached me. And blah, blah, blah. Well, they never talk about whether they're actually because... getting financial gain. Well, in all that, we know it was because he was already retired and he was just doing it for something to do in his retirement. Yeah, but you would in still free... have to get paid by No, that literally... was volunteer hours. That was volunteer hours. That, that's not how it works. It could be. They're a high school. You can volunteer at a high school. That's not how it works here. Like, a head coach has to be paid by the actual school. It didn't have to be. If somebody volunteers to be the head coach of a sports team, I'm fairly certain the school's going to be like, yeah, cool, we don't have to pay you, thanks. That's... I don't think that's how that works, or at least I've never seen it work that way. I feel like somebody could... I just don't feel, feel like it happens very often, but I feel like if somebody in their retirement was like, hey, I want to I wanna be a volunteer coach, they can do that. Hey man, look, I'm on probation. Can I get my community service by head coaching your students? Sure. <laughs> Why is the principal the one with the deep voice? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Why wouldn't the principal be the one with the deep voice? He's the one know, in charge. Hey man. <laughs> no, I don't know. I feel like I feel like they could absolutely volunteer to be a coach. Um. <laughs> but anyway, the, the deep the deep thought discussions that come from anime, oh, right? Yeah. Kaoru shows the pair anyway. His parents, who were on the team together, spoke about that. And after the uh, and the three of them decide that they're going to go and watch a really good, like well known squad perform and. They end up actually getting berated by one of the members, and Haru is officially on board because he's like, nah, man, you can't talk about our squad of three members like that. Uh, <laughs> and and so he officially includes himself into the squad. That team that they were berated by is Sparks. Keep them in mind because they become important later. Episode dun, dun, dun. two. Do, the group. You, do you want me to give you the episode names? Sure, why not? Okay. Start from the top. 
Episode one. No, not that one. <laughs> Episode two. The first cheerleader smile. Ooh. The group <laughs> get <laughs> the group get a text from a new recruit, Ton, who decides to meet up with them at a cafe, which is kind of like their regular joint. It was the regular joint for Kazu and Haru when they were in judo, and so it just kind of became their like regular place. It's also some place that a lot of the universities uh university students like go to so they end up there a you lot think there's they a lot did of that as like a cop out to not have to animate other places they're yeah. just like they're always going to hang out here yeah it's their always hangout uh, <laughs> so yeah that's 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 the place that they always go to and yeah they end up meeting up with him there and the four of them start practicing together even though two of them are non athletes and it they're all looking pretty shabby. They can't do really, you know, basic stuff when it comes to cheerleading, like handstands. They have no core strength. They, you know, starting from scratch. And even our two judo athletes aren't, they don't have the same level of flexibility. They don't have the same um, tumbling skills. They don't have any of the gymnastics element to cheerleading. And they also have horrible rhythm when it comes to, like, the dance element as well. So although the two of them are starting off already with, like, stamina and, and basic strength, they don't have the the same technique that you need for cheerleading. So they're all, like, starting off right at the beginning, right from scratch. However, when walking home from practice, they end up bumping into two guys who are tumbling at the tennis courts. Tumbling meaning um, doing, like, flips and shit. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. The sequence of flips. <laughs> Sequence of backflips. Yeah. Also, mm -hmm. one is not supposed to be doing non-tennis activities on tennis courts. Yeah. I'm fairly certain everywhere you go, there are signs up that says courts are for tennis only, nothing else. You know what pisses me off? What? The little shits that go to the tennis courts that we always go to to play, that just come over there to play soccer. Why? I don't know. Like, shit makes no sense. Not only that, but they steal the fucking benches, so we don't have anywhere to sit down in between sets. Makes me angry. I don't anyway. feel like a tennis court would be a good place to play football. I don't I don't understand. We should cover a soccer anime at some point. I have quite a few. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I think Giant Killing was pretty good. I don't remember, though. In my Should head, I... it's like, when you said football anime, that's the first one that came into my head. So here's the thought. Since we're going to do Sports Month in May, do, should I reschedule the first season of Haikyuu? to may or should i just leave it in january i'd leave it in january because if it's a hit then we can do season two in may because we're gonna do season Yay. two of free right because that did so well yes sure let's go with that i haven't scheduled out that far i don't know come on yet <laughs> um anyway but yeah they're at the tennis courts and they see these two guys tumbling and they decide to tag along with them when they go to the cafe for food and when they're there they try and recruit them and the four of them end up going back to work, uh, sorry, and then the four of them end up going and setting up to work on a public demo to try and get some more people. They're trying to get a total of seven members so that they can perform at the school festival to try and then get even more members, but they're trying to do seven for their initial performance. And they tried to recruit these these two tumbling guys, but they didn't really push it and and didn't like the the guys didn't really give them a yay or an a so they just like here's our info Con you know how to contact us kind of thing you know and while they're doing this public demonstration they're doing okay 
kind of, uh, yeah, they're very beginner, so that's established. But then the Tumbling Duo are actually there, and they decide to add on to their routine a little bit and chuck on some flair on that. And they join the team. So only one more member is needed for them to be able to perform at the school festival. What did you think about this being their first kind of performance? Typical. Yeah. Again, they didn't. They didn't do that good of a job. It was awkward, so it makes sense because they hadn't been doing it that long. Yeah, yeah. Fair I don't point. know. I didn't have. I sort of have a lot of expectations out of the show at this point. Yeah, I feel yeah. Uh, so let's jump into episode three. The seventh squirrel eye. Ooh. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand the squirrel part because it's S Q U I R R E L U R A I. Isn't that that character that Show always wears on his shirt? Maybe. Yeah, I think it is. That's. I don't. And he's the seventh, so that makes sense. I wonder what squirrel is in Japanese. I have no clue. I'm about to find out. Risu. For some reason, I felt like that they were just like trying to tack squirrel in Japanese on the end of squirrel, or that was just squirrel in Japanese. I don't, I don't know what I was expecting, so that's why I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Because <laughs> I didn't remember that being the name of the squirrel in the show. I feel like it is the name of the squirrel in the show. We're about to find out if you took notes on it. I don't think I did specifically on that oh. character. Oh well, damn. No. But episode three, the team are practicing well, but they're still looking for that seventh member. When they end up going to gym class and they fi- figure out that show is there and, and he's like, a, he's a dude that's really good at gymnastics. And they're like, oh, cool. He's our seventh. That's who we want to recruit. And he clearly has a history of cheerleading when they ask him about joining the team. And he says that he's not going to join them because they're a whole bunch of amateurs and they're just going to end up injuring themselves and he ain't about it. So... Everyone works really hard to learn a round-off back handspring so that they can prove to him that they're actually really serious about cheerleading and they want him to take them seriously as well. And, and they, you know, they want him on their team and they're serious about recruiting him and, and they don't want him to underestimate them. So they end up, a week later, going to his gym practice and while they're there they attempt to perform this round off back handspring and he basically sees that he he basically says at least let me show you how to do one properly so you're not going to injure your wrists and they basically call him out for being like if you're going to join the team just join don't try and be cool about it and they end up with their seventh member but he has the condition that he's not going to be part of the team if he has to do stunts he's he's out of doing stunts but other than that, he'll join the team. Yeah. 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 Episode four. What we want to break. Ooh. I'm going to do that after every single one. <laughs> I, I feel like that's your main go-to anytime I say something. Just ooh. ooh. It's like you have no earthly idea what I'm going to say. Yeah. It's, like it's a- also like you trust anything I say. I could babble nonsense. Ooh. That's because I'm adding dramatic flair. Duh. Just as long as you don't ooh woo it, we'll be fine. Ooh woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, that makes me so awkward. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why does saying that make you cringe too? It does. It like gets in my bones and it's like, hey. Uh. For for some reason, hearing it just makes me just tense up immediately. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because I joke about it so much now. It's kind of second nature until someone says it seriously and then I just cringe. Yeah, I 
it's one of those things though that's it's I feel like it's the kind of thing that you wouldn't say because it's cringe. Then you would start saying it because you're doing it ironically, and then it just becomes part of your language, and you forget that you're doing it ironically, and then it's not cringe anymore. It's it's just so weird. Because it's kind of like, you remember when, like, Fortnite was, like, really big and everyone was really into it? And then it became really cringe and nobody wanted to do anything about it. And then the jokes on it became really funny. And then the jokes became cringe because, like, they were old news. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's one of those cycles. So it's like, no matter what, it's going to be some kind of level of cringe, even if you're doing it ironically. Or or it's good. I don't know. It's confusing. Agreed. Mizuguchi ends up setting up a joint practice session with the girls' cheerleading team at the university. But before they go, they want to be able to get some stunts under their belt so that they can kind of seem like they're a more put-together team. And they don't want to go there with very little skills. However, Haru is having really big issues being a flyer because of his fear of heights. So Sho Sho actually ends up not going to the practice session because of his big secret. You know that there's something up with him at this point. You don't know what, but you know he he says he doesn't do stunts. He's got all of this history of of cheerleading. He knows all this stuff about cheerleading. He's now kind of coaching them. And then they say they've got this joint practice session with the girls' squad and he doesn't go. Like, you you can put together that there's something going on there. But the others get some really actually good info out of it. You know, they go and their coach is like kind of berating them and, and tearing them apart, but they're getting some really good practical information from it. They even bump into a couple of those intense cheerleaders from the Sparks squad that they went to go watch. They uh, end up meeting on Haru's rooftop. Haru lives in a building with the dojo under the where they live and then the top floor is just like an empty roof. And that roof is another scene where they frequent. And so they end up going to meet on Haru's rooftop and have like a really big bonding moment where they also decide on their team name, which they establish to be the Breakers, so that they can break through all of their troubles and things they have going on in their lives. It's kind of cringe. Slight cringe. Slight cringe. (laughs) It's one of those things where they don't have anybody that's really cynical in the team. Mm-hmm. And so they're all like being really happy and and I mean they're still like self-deprecating and there's still like issues with the people you know they're not all 100% confident in themselves but there's no they're all like okay we're in this together let's go for it and if I was in that circumstance I'd be like I wouldn't be a part of you know what I mean I mm-hmm. I'd be making sarcastic jokes and dying on the inside and hiding in the corner because that kind of like energy doesn't sit so well with me. I agree. Uh, I'm 100% behind that. I would be hiding in the corner with you. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they needed... I, I don't know. Maybe it's... I I just feel like there's someone that if it were me in the team, there's no way I'd be able to take that seriously. 100%. Also, can we talk about how great Glasses was? <laughs> I don't remember his name. I just remember thinking of him as Glasses the whole time. Mm-hmm. His character just amused me to no end. Mm-hmm. Because I sit back and think, and I was like, you know, that would probably be me if I were incredibly intelligent. His quotes. <laughs> His quotes were amazing. He had a quote for every Everything. fucking thing. From so many obscure <laughs> people. 
Mm-hmm. Just all over the place. But a good time. The fact that I he failed his he'd entrance be great exams at parties. twice. Do what? The fact that he failed his uni entrance exams twice. I don't get that. I think it was performance anxiety. I think that's what they put it down to. That's... I think so. But if you're that incredibly intelligent and you always do well through school, how the fuck do you bomb entrance exams? I think one of them he got sick. I, I don't remember <laughs> though. They said so. it was a pretty quick conversation. It was a very quick conversation. I'll watch this dubbed, by the way. Oh, did you? What did you think of the dub? I didn't have any issues with it. Um, One of the characters, it was the dude with the really drastically overanimated lips. Oh, the Chinese guy? Uh, Chen, I think his name is? Yes. So he was voiced by the same character that did Frieza. Oh, okay. And the second I heard it, my br- I couldn't get it out of my head. I just kept seeing him as this little short white dude with a tail and a purple top on his head. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so question about that, that it's not actually yet in the anime, it is a little bit later. Um, the Chinese dad and him were drawn very differently to the rest of the characters in the anime. Problematic or just strange character, so strange character design? Yes. Great. Because I was sitting there watching the whole thing the whole time and I'm going, I am not sure if they're doing this as like a... Because, like, there's one dude there, like, with an afro that goes, like, broccoli all the time, you know? Like, he's... Mm-hmm. They clearly make fun of every single one of the characters. There's there's jokes throughout it. So I don't know if it was, like, a specific character design that they did for jokes. Or if it was them being problematic. I don't... I feel like you could take it however you want to take it. Yeah, I I Which isn't necessarily know. a good thing. Yeah, I honestly don't know which they were going for but i do know that i noticed it and was like yeah might have to bring this up during the podcast that i'm not sure how i mean i don't know enough about the cultural side of things to know if that's like a thing well if i'm not mistaken in the anime world or just the animation world in general the chinese japanese and koreans don't get along well at all Mm-hmm. However, it is a good thing that the honestly, it seems like those bridges are being mended because the fact that Crunchyroll is doing a lot of webtoon animes mm-hmm. means the Koreans and Chinese are collaborating more. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, there's been one or two like fully Chinese done animes come out as well. Yeah, well, a, it lot, seems of like a lot of those are really bridges good. are being. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a lot of those bridges are being mended slowly but surely. Yeah, and this was a while ago. It wasn't super long ago. It was made in, it came out in 2016. So it's not like it was like a really long time ago, but culture right now is moving so quickly and changing so rapidly. It's hard to tell what was okay back when things were released that are no longer okay now. Had you and I started this podcast back then, we might have had a little bit better answer, but just because of how much so much shit has progressed Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't have an answer for that yeah all i know is that i noticed it and i'm not entirely sure if it's a dig or not i'm not sure either let's go with the fact that they just did it to be quirky and not problematic yeah because i mean they make fun of a lot of other characters but that specific character drawing the fact that it was different maybe and the voices i the sub to the voices are very specific but then he has, like, a nice moment at the end where he sticks up for his teammates. So, mm-hmm. ow, I hit my elbow. <laughs> that Now that's um, 
Instead of stomach chan every episode, that's what we get every episode now. I know, now you're getting elbow chan. But uh, <laughs> the thing is, elbow chan I don't think has ever been introduced. No. Because that actually gets cut out, whereas every time you talk about your stomach growling, that gets left in. That gets left in. Uh, okay, episode five. Let's go breakers. The team are practicing hard all summer as they only have two months left until the school festival. One of the Tumble Twins, that's what I'm calling them, they were a soccer player and a baseball baseball player, but they've known each other since like elementary school. So, uh, and they were the two guys who jumped in in the original thing. So I just always call them Tumble Twins in my brain. Um, Has a sprained wrist. So they're all struggling with Kazu's mom's routine and they're blaming themselves and they're really like feeling down on themselves and they're not doing good at like keeping up with their emotions. So Haru gets really angry at them and ends up giving like an embarrassing get get pretty funny speech uh, to rally the troops. It's quite a, I, I don't know if they did it in the dubbed, but they did in, uh, obviously in the subbed, there was, there were little digs at people while he was trying to like build up their confidence. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Haru even manages to push through his fear of heights enough to be able to fly. The performance comes, and everyone's confidence is much stronger than before. Tumble Twins, uh, one of the Tumble, the Tumble Twin that was injured has now healed, and Ton has a girlfriend. The They end up absolutely killing the performance. Yay! Yata! So this is the first time you get to see them actually perform. Thoughts and opinions. I was pleased. Yeah? Uh, they made the progression slow, mm-hmm. but it so much time passed to where it was kind of believable for seeing how well everything slowly started working. Yeah, I don't think that there's anything that happened too quickly to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, I everything mean, about the show was pretty well, paced. I guess, laid out. Now, mm-hmm. I can't say a team of people that have never cheered before could spoilers but could make the national team i do because it's japan cheerleading isn't a massive sport in japan and i feel like that there wouldn't be the same level of competition as say the states especially considering it was a university national so it was only university teams going up against universities i don't i don't know i guess i didn't give it that much thought because people get full scholarships here for cheerleading to yeah it's a very different college yeah, I America is like the know. only place that cheerleading matters. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that to be mean. Cheerleading is an incredible sport, but it's not taken seriously as a sport in a lot of other countries. I'm quoting that. It's kind of true, though. Like, it's not like you don't. I mean, I know in Canada and the UK and Australia and stuff, they are building the sport, but it's not on the same level as as other sports it's still like there's still a lot of stigma around it as people being like oh you're just like a you're just for the sidelines you're just you know half show entertainment and it's not a lot of people they still have that like vibe of it's not a real sport kind of thing which is Mm -hmm. completely incorrect because i mean just look at it as a sport but yeah you know what we didn't get a lot of in this show what or as much as i thought we would end up getting with it being a sports anime Mm -hmm. plot that's true that was there wasn't any really no, not, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Like, nothing stood out to where I could just text you and go, there's a plot! There's a plot. Yeah, like, no. I have in every other sports anime that we've watched. Yeah, their muscles are barely drawn. Mm-hmm. In fact, some of the, like, little animation details in this were kind of throwing me off. Mm-hmm. Like, how all the characters had, like, an extra line under their eyes in the corner. Mm-hmm. 
all of them. That threw me off. Mm-hmm. So I was, I don't know. Like, there's a lot yeah. of little details and stuff that were kind of extra, but there weren't extra details where I thought there would be. Yeah, it's a very specific animation drawing style. Like, the noses are very unique. Mm-hmm. But let me just say, the colors, especially during their performances, mwah, phenomenal. Yeah, in the first performance here, I think they probably, like, spray-colored their hair, but of course, it works so much better in anime than it does in real life. So mm-hmm. they all had different colored hair, which could I thought was Could you imagine fun. if that happened in real life? I know, if you could just get a spray can and spray your hair to look like that, that would be amazing. And have it actually look that good. Yeah. That but was I thought great. it was it was kind of funny that they, they changed their hair color for the show rather than having their hair color be really intense. I mean, they still have, like, every single per- character that is a part of the squad has something unique about their art style. Mm-hmm. So you can already spot them. Like, in the first episode, you can see Broccoli oh, yeah. in the background. And and so you can still see them, but it's not like Kuroko. This show was not subtle at all about characters it was going to introduce later. No. And a lot of shows are a lot more kind of easy with that kind of thing. But this show mm-hmm. was just like, character with an afro, we'll see them later. Yeah. The trio of brothers, we'll see them later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, episode six, because of their debut, they've actually gained a whole bunch of members. And now they have a full squad of 16 members. They even have the girls coach working with them two days a week. She believes that they can make it to nationals. She gives them a journal with the mission, with a mission inside, a specific, like, target for them to work on, a goal. And she tells them that they have to write in it after every single practice. She tells... Sho ends up telling Haru about his past and that he was a base who actually dropped the coach's little sister, Sakura, injuring her back. She injured her back really badly, putting her into a wheelchair. And the coach tells him to... The coach actually tells him to stop running from cheerleading and that he needs to face his issues head on. And that, you know, mistakes happen. It wasn't his fault. There were a lot of other things that were going on and and he needs to push past it. Haru needs to... Haru actually needs to as well. When... So when the judo team goes to make fun of... So when the judo team actually goes to make fun of them, he stands up to them for his chosen sport. And although he's kind of, like, yet to talk to his family about it, he's making much more of a stand not to try and run away from his judo past, which he's been doing since they started the squad. Well, since before they started the squad, he's been running from judo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about <clears throat> the the judo thing? That's not a very good question. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about the... I don't know. I Maybe it's just because I'm so used to, like... Somebody overcoming a sport and then going back to that sport and facing it. But I feel like the judo thing was kind of left, like, I wanted them to make a bigger deal out of it. I disagree. Yeah? I think they did just fine with them overcoming it with him, his best friend, and his sister all sparring in the last episode. I thought that was great. Yeah. So I feel like that was their way of overcoming that. Now, them having this little scene of him standing up to the judo team with them going and making fun of him, I found that very unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Because that doesn't make any sense. Like, they wouldn't, had this been real life, they wouldn't do it. I realize it's anime, but they literally did that just for the sake of showing growth. Yeah. But that's it. It made no sense as to why they would be doing that from the beginning. What do you mean? What made no sense? As to why the 
judo team would be going to try to pick fun. Really? You think that doesn't... I feel like that does... that. I feel like that would be a thing because he's in a... Judo is such a sport that's like... It's got that like masculine vibe of manly men do martial arts. You know what I mean? And I know that's a huge stereotype and it's not every single martial artist that's out there. But it does have that kind of energy to it. And cheerleading has this kind of opposite energy where it's seen as feminine and and girly and gay, you know? And I feel like you get a couple douchebags that are in judo that are going to go up to a cheerleading squad and be like, you're not real men. I feel like that's kind of realistic. I don't know. I feel like they did that just to show character development, but to me, I just found it kind of meh. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand your point. I don't know that they would necessarily react the same way in real life than that, but I can definitely see people that are like that were previously on a on a judo team judo team you don't you're not on teams at judo what am i going on about they were part of they were part of a dojo i can see them getting made fun of by like assholes for doing cheerleading Mm -hmm. i mean maybe before but now i feel like the just the stigma around cheerleading is changing to where i know guys that are on like cheerleading squads and whatnot so i don't Maybe that's but I, why. I don't... Uh, I also feel like that's an American thing, time, though, man. because cheerleading is so much more of a big sport in America. It still has that stigma around the world, which is unfortunate, and they are breaking through it, but it does still have that thing of, like, cheerleading's a girl's sport, and who wants to be a girl? I don't I don't know, man. Yeah, right. Times are... Rapidly yeah, changing, and that's why it's, like, things that weren't believable before now are believable, and things that were believable before now aren't, right? So... I don't know, maybe that's just why my brain's warped, but also I've been out of school for a long time, so I don't pay attention to cheerleading at all anymore. Yeah, we had a cheerleading squad in my high school the first year that I was there, but the second year that I was there, the cheerleading squad disbanded because there wasn't enough members. And it was solely because of the reputation of cheerleaders. Like, it's not, it's a bunch of mean girls who just want to sleep with the quarterback you know that's why it was disbanded it wasn't disbanded because people didn't want to be part of a cool sport it was disbanded because of its reputation but it's canada everybody's nice and has maple syrup for tea (laughs) yeah sure (laughs) you know and and so yeah it sucked for those girls that really wanted to be part of the team my time was already taken up by choir and drama and band and art and all these other things but i would have i would have enjoyed being on the cheerleading squad at the time i would never have admitted it though Mm -hmm. because it was uncool to be a part of the cheerleading squad because then you were part of the popular crowd and being part of the popular crowd for us drama geeks it was uncool you see i'm not gonna lie had i watched this while i was in high school i might have considered trying cheerleading you would have made a good base sports animes are weird man i know right and i wish i could do a backslip so bad I can see you being a good flyer. I'm too tall. Nah, you're fine. I'm too tall. I would have whacked someone with my limbs. Yeah, but you see, you're also light, so I feel like you could be flung really high up, and with you being tall, it would look very majestic. Maybe. Like an eagle, just... (laughs) (laughs) Episode 7. Strain. Strain. New member, Hisashi. Hisashi. New member, Hisashi is putting strain on the team because of his serious attitude compared to everyone else who are 
taking a more fun approach to cheerleading. However, some of the new team members aren't dedicating themselves properly, so he does have a leg to stand on, but he's not really going about it in the right way. He's being very snappy and snarky towards the rest of the team members, calling them out and stuff that he does have, like, reason to call them out on, but he's doing it kind of in a way that feels like they're getting insulted. And at the Christmas party, with just a month left to to nationals, to the national qualifiers, sorry, they end up coming to a head and he ends up storming out. What was your opinion on the he says she broccoli war? I don't, to be honest, I don't really remember. Yeah? Because at this point I was kind of cramming it in just to try to get it finished. But also I don't... I don't really know because my brain was like, okay, they're going to get over it because nationals are coming up. So I'm just kind of curious how it's going to play out. So I didn't really put too much thought into it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't know. My brain works weird. <laughs> no, I get you. <laughs> Episode eight. The dawning of a bond. Wow, that's intense. <laughs> he says she tells Haru that he's going to quit the team. He's like, I've had it up to here with all these guys that are just half-assing their practices and they're not taking this seriously and I'm putting all this work in. I'm coming to practice early every single day. I'm like putting all this effort in and all these guys are just like not working as hard as I am. And you're seeing that, for instance, in the examples, like everyone having their part-time jobs. They have to leave, leave practice early. And he's like, well, why aren't they arranging their part-time job schedule around practice? And everyone's like, because we're university students and we have to pay bills. And, and then, for instance, like the third years who are going job hunting because they're trying to leave universities at the end of the year and and they need to have a job to go into. And, and you know, there's more important things to the rest of the team members, but he or she is willing to sacrifice everything for cheerleading. And a, they're not on the same page. They're not as serious about it as he is because they... They have things they need to get done. They have lives. And and he's in a more of a position where he's willing to let all of that go for it. Kazu actually goes to visit his grandmother in hospital and something's wrong, but he's not saying anything. The team realized that he's a she was actually working harder than anyone else. And he was helping other people practice after hours. He was, you know, making training regimes for other people. He knew specific things about specific people that were their strengths and their weaknesses. And he really believed in everyone and in the team, but they, they disappointed him. They band together and they get him back and they end up having a training camp montage over the rest of winter break. And things are actually looking pretty good for them right now. Episode nine. Tears of the Sun. Haru is acting strangely and even skipping practice, which he's never done before, not even when he was in judo. The team are super worried about him because of him acting this way and the fact that he's not even telling the coach what he's skipping practice anymore. And so Haru decides to go and investigate. Turns out his grandma and his is his remaining sole relative. His, is his sole remaining relative. And she's actually forgotten about him. I assume she has Alzheimer's or... Something of that variety. And uh, her memory has gone and and she doesn't remember who he is anymore. She was actually the reason why he started the squad because she, for a short moment, regained some of her memories when he was watching his mother's routine. The team performed that very routine outside of the hospital window and Kazu is reminded that he isn't truly alone. Yay! 
So, is it odd that I picked up on that from the first hospital visit that he had with his grandmother? Uh, I you've had someone in your life that had Alzheimer's though, haven't you? Yes. So but no, also, I don't it's just, I don't know, Sorry. something about it. Just, they played it off and acted it perfectly in that first mm-hmm. scene to where I was like, something's wrong with his grandmother of that variety, but I wasn't 100% certain. Mm-hmm. So whenever I saw this, I got a little emotional because like, oh, it's Aww. so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it must be so hard for him as a character, as a, yeah, because like he lost his parents when he was really young. Mm-hmm. And then to have to go through your last remaining relative slowly forgetting who you are. Mm-hmm. Like that sucks. Yeah, it it definitely does seeing stuff like that happen. So yeah. yeah, I could I could see why. And again, it was good character development and everything to go with it. But yeah, I don't I don't know if that made me weird for catching that right off the bat. But I don't know if I truly caught it. It was just like my brain was like huh, maybe dementia? Mm-hmm. And then we got to this episode and I was like, oh, my brain, for a second, it was right. Yeah. Because then I very quickly forgot about it until this episode and I was like, oh yeah, that was the thing I thought about and caught on to. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that they show her in a traditional hospital mm-hmm. rather than a care facility. That I did kind of find odd, but... I mean, if she's having other complications as well to her health, does that make sense? Yeah, that that would make sense for that. But also, you know what that first time we saw her in the hospital really made me want to learn? What? How to do the bunny-eared apple thing. Yeah, they, they do that a lot, a lot in anime. I don't know how common that would be if you like lived in Japan, like how often you would see that. Honestly, I wonder how often you see the cute little bentos made, or if that's something that actually happens on a very regular basis. Yeah, it makes me curious as as to see if whether or not that's an anime thing, or if that's like a legit life thing. Because I feel like it does happen, but I feel like it would be more like a special occasion, you know? Rather than every day. I'm going to text Janessa after this, just because out of curiosity, I want to know. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you have like a stay-at-home mom or something, then she might do it every single day. Stay-at-home dad. Yeah, or if you make your own lunches and you get up early enough to do that kind of thing. Oh my god, no. There's no way I would. I was the kind of student to roll out of bed five minutes before class. I could see that. Yeah. Knowing you as well as I do now, that, that makes total sense. Yeah, I, I I would walk through the school hallways and, and look at all these girls that were like, had their hair curled and straightened every single day. They had a full face of makeup on. They they had like outfits picked out. And they were like, oh yeah, I've been up since six. And I'm like, I respect your grind, but why? <laughs> That's so, not me. All that being said, what sort of deduction have you made? What kind of person was I for going to school and getting up in the morning? I feel like you did get up reasonably early, but like not... Not like you, I don't feel like you were kind of like morning practice kind of person. I feel like you would kind of average. Wrong. Wrong? What were you? So go to bed at three, wake up at six, and be at early morning practice. You were morning practice. Yes, because wrestling, there was morning practice. So there was never morning practice in choir. But you see, that makes sense though, because nobody wants to get up and sing early in the morning. Yeah, no. Also, I feel like that would be hard on people and hard on your vocal vocal cords. Yeah, like that. No. Mm. Like, even I know better than to roll out of bed and go to work and sing on the way to work. Because mm. even I know that's bad for me. Especially with no warm-up. Try to hit high notes? Hell no. Hell no. Back then, I was a soprano. Mm. That means nothing to me. 
uh, highest pitch. Uh, Natural pitch. Women have, I think, five voice changes in their life. I think it's either three or five. I can't remember. It's an odd number. And one of them happens when you're in high school. It's mm. very, like, so much more subtle than, than men's voice changes, obviously. But it does happen. Because, like you, like, you know that women don't sound the same as girls, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. So we do 100%. have those, those, yeah, those vocal changes. And one of them happens during high school. And so I was a soprano through my first couple years of high school. And then I left. And now I'm much more comfortable in an alto position, which is the one below soprano. <laughs> I'm glad you explained. It's like Because I literally just had one of those anime moments of, like, question marks just appearing Nani? over my head. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like the, the harmonization to soprano. Mm, so if soprano okay. carries the melody, alto would be the, the harmony. I about said something stupid, but I'm going to keep that one to myself. What? I was going to say, so would it surprise you if I told you that my voice wasn't always this deep? No. It it absolutely does surprise me. I have never would have ever thought that you were born with a voice. Like, I thought that, what what are you talking about? That you had a high-pitched voice when you were little. But it's, you know what's odd? What? I feel like my voice has changed more than that of the people around me growing up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's odd or not, but I know about the voice changing and everything else, but I feel like mine has drastically changed more than those around me. People are different, you know? Like, my brother's, his, when he was, like, 13, he went from boy voice to man voice overnight. He didn't go mm-hmm. through that, like, awkward voice-breaking stage. He just, like, woke mm-hmm. up one morning with a really deep voice. It was really You weird. see, I never went through that either. Like, I never went through the whole voice crack phase. I feel like people that end up with really deep voices don't tend to, and I don't know if that's an actual stat or if I'm making that up, but... Mm-hmm. Well, I also feel like... I lost my fucking train of thought. Oh, but anyway, I also find it odd for me that I don't... I don't know what my natural speaking tone is anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it does, because I don't know what my accent is. Because my tone changes depending on who I'm speaking to, and it's natural... I don't, honestly yeah, don't think I speak the same to anyone at any point. Like, even the, how you and I speak to one another from the time we hit the record button to the time we turn it off changes. Oh yeah, same with my accent. I tend to be a lot more English when I start the podcast than I do towards the end. I don't, I don't get that. It's so odd. Mm. I don't know how we got off on this tangent, but <laughs> I yeah, completely uh, forgot what we were talking about prior to this. What were we giving in a bit? We are... On judo. Yeah, okay. So I think what I wanted with the judo thing with Haru, and this is purely for drama, I just wanted him to show off his skill. I wanted like some thugs to come up to the team or something and him to be like, I'm going to throw you, (laughs) you know? But you kind of got that in episode three, I think. Whenever that dude from the tennis club was like, ah, you guys are a bunch of pansies being on a cheer team, and then just slammed his ass through a table. Yeah, yeah. Just out of instinct, because he grabbed Kazu, and then he just immediately just took his ass down. I feel like I wanted that moment, but with the whole squad to watch, you know? Because towards the end. Yeah. But towards the end, it's like a lot of the guys in the squad didn't even know that he did judo, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm yeah. like, I want, I wanted them to, this is, it. I wanted them to be like, you actually have a lot of skill already for something. I don't know. It's good that you have muscle build up or something. 
because you were in judo and he never got that like hat tip oh good you were already in a sport so cheerleading is going to be a little bit easier for you and I know that that's not realistic but like because but like putting him on the same level as like Ton he mm-hmm. wouldn't be you know yeah so you know what I kind of wanted out of the whole judo thing yeah and this is just me and my cynical like DBZ anime brain going mm-hmm. during the final episode whenever Haru Kazu and uh Haruki Sparred, mm-hmm. or Haruko. Sister's Haruka? name's Haruko, right? Haruka, Haruko, something like that. Haru is Haruki, so, so I, I don't remember what she is. Okay, anyway, so at the very end of that, like, sparring training montage, that they subtly got their way out of animating more of just by showing the wall and grunting and talking in the background. <laughs> yeah. I wanted, like, a split second of him... Like, almost throwing his sister, but then her reversing it at the same time to where it's like he's still got it, but she still kicked his ass. Yeah, yeah. I wanted that. I don't know why, but my brain was like, because of cheerleading, maybe, just maybe, but It's because it's confidence it. built. If that was, like, something, like, if they had had a previous established thing of, like, he wasn't doing well because he was never confident in doing one specific move or something, and she was like, there's no way he's going to do that move because of his lack of confidence for it, and then he's like, ah, but I've been cheerleading, so my confidence is up. And so he tries the move and nearly tricks his sister. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, that'd have been, that'd have been cool. I would have enjoyed it that. It would have also been sick to have seen her competing at a competition and to have had the whole squad there doing, like, cheers from the stands. I feel like that would have been great, and then seeing them all get kicked out. Yeah. Honestly, that would have been a phenomenal way for episode 11 to have went down. Right? They should have done that. Instead of Haru fucking skipping practice, no, whole team fucking goes to cheer on. If Haru skips practice to start with, and then everyone asks where he is, and then Kazu was like, oh, he's cheering on his sister. And then the team is like, well, what are we doing here then? And I then feel they like all that's go- something that would have happened in any other anime, or honestly would have happened in real life in that situation. Yeah. Especially if with them finding out that, like, because they know that Haru's sister was good. And then Kazu could be like, oh, yeah, she was national champion, and she's been on a losing streak, so Haru's gone to go cheer her on. I feel like the team would have jumped on that. They're cheerleaders. Oh yeah, absolutely, because why Why not? And also, just out of pure embarrassment because of the level of camaraderie that the team had at that point, that seems like something that they would have done. Yeah, I feel like they would have done it to kind of pick on Haru a little bit. Yeah, and also pick on Haru's sister by proxy. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Especially if they didn't tell Haru they were coming. Yeah, they just showed that'd up. Have been, that'd have been phenomenal. Especially considering that she went to the same university as them. Mm-hmm. So... Although I don't actually know if she competed as part of the university judo team or if she was competing as part of the dojos. I think it was part of the dojo. Because that always, I was always conflicted about that. Or I think it's both. Yeah. The dojo because had, during yeah, the first the time you see her, there's a whole lot of people with the university jackets on in the stands, not just Haru and Kazu. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's both. Maybe they run the, yeah, they could run the university team out of the dojo. Yes. Makes sense. Okay. Uh... Back to episode nine. <laughs> the team are actually super worried about Haru, about her, uh, about him. Sorry. The team is super worried about him. So they go to investigate. Already did that bit. Episode 10. I think we're on episode 10. Yeah. Episode 10. What I wanted to tell you. Yeah. So they gather to perform at qualifiers. Everyone is super nervous, especially Haru, who found out that morning that his sister is on the losing streak that we were already just talking about. 
And they, uh, and he's actually really distracted during the show, during the performance. They go out there and they perform their routine, but Hara actually ends up making a small mistake that causes them to just scrape through. They weren't performing really high scoring stunts either. Um, I think with cheerleading, it's similar to figure skating. I know they compared it to it earlier on, but like, I think with the scoring, there's like a, uh, like a technical mark where like minimum stunts, like a, a minimum mark, like a minimum score that a stunt can get. And then there's like a dance or like an opinion style score, I think as well. Kind of like gymnastics, you know, with like a floor routine where it's like mm-hmm. they have the, the minimum point and then there's like the, the, the flary one and then um, things like that. So I think it's some of it's opinion based and then some of it's like, oh, they perform this stunt. So this is the minimum score that they can get for that stunt. So they were performing pretty low level stunts because they're still a new, t- new squad. But with Haru's small mistake, it would have lowered down their like dance score as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they end up managing to scrape through. The Sparks captain and show's old senpai calls their performance a circus act, which brings back really bad old memories of Sakura's accident for show. He mobs around for a bit before the team managed to pull him back together again. And he goes to visit Sakura and she tells him that she's been watching him and been watching all of his practices because their coach is, is her older sister. And that... She's going to be at the national performance standing on her own two feet. That she's, that because of his determination and practice and him trying to get over his mental block, she's been pushing forward in rehab and working really hard. And she promises that she's going to get back to cheerleading and that she's going to be there at his national performance standing on her own two feet. Haru, though, has still yet to talk to his sister about their strained relationship and he's not really doing well with the idea that she's on this losing streak. Do you think that Haru's sister's losing streak was because he wasn't in the audience or because of him like not being in judo anymore? I think that mental block that she had because of that and not having her brother there with her could have caused that. I don't know if it was just because he wasn't there cheering for her. Yeah. Although I thought the show was going to go in a completely different... Fuck. I thought the show was going to go in a completely different direction than what it did. Mm-hmm. Because during the first episode, whenever his sister talked about how his cheer had power, I thought the show was going to have superpowers for a minute. Not going to lie. <laughs> but it could potentially <laughs> okay, have that would be had sick. something to do with that. No, I'm sorry. That's amazing. We need to make that the cheerleading squad with superpowers. Honestly, yes. Save the cheerleader, save the world. So listen, again, we don't give a shit if you take this and make an anime out of it. Just let us voice in it. Right. Please. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Cheerleading already has yelling in it. So my God, the amount of power-ups that can come with that bullshit. Yes, please. Right? Please make it a shonen. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, honestly. There's a lot you could do with the plot on that as well. So, I mean, cheerleading is mini skirts galore. Huh? (laughs) It would work well for a shonen. That's all I'm saying. Right. Um... (laughs) Episode 11. Bittersweet Valentine. And how fitting of an episode name. Because I messaged Blue, piss the fuck off. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to know your opinions about this. Because there has been a specific girl that's been popping up through all of the previous episodes um, that has been interacting with Haru. She's part of the Dreams, which is the all-girls squad at the university. And she has just been kind of like around and about, just poking her, like nose in and you know 
encouraging them for the the all guys team and it seems like she is kind of sweet on Haru you know it's Valentine's Day and all the boys are complaining about not having significant others except for Ton who has a significant other and uh, in Japan and Valentine's Day the girls it is tradition that all the girls make chocolates or chocolate cake stuff like that and they go and they give it to their significant others and then on white day which is shortly after then the reverse happens and guys give chocolates to the girls or whatever you know take girls out whatever they want to do one happens and then the other happens so it's like reverse thing and so before i think it's actually the day before valentine's day haru manages to apologize to his sister for not actually talking to her about quitting judo and 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 discussing it with her and just kind of like throwing it on her and and she like she actually had to find out from other people she never found out from him and so he ends up apologizing to her and and also talking to her and, and telling her that he's found his own path and she's happy for that but but to her, there still is only judo. Haru, working in his part-time job, has a uh, has the girl that we just previously spoke about coming into the cafe and asking him for the recipe of the chocolate cake in the cafe because it was really, really good and she wanted to make it for um, for Valentine's Day. And so when she's leaving the store, she says, if it turns out well, I'll give you a slice and... Uh, Shul, who also works at the cafe, ends up telling Kazu, and the whole squad is kind of like being like, "Oh, Haru, look at you! You're gonna like, girl came to the cafe that wants to give you a piece of chocolate cake. Like, look at you! You're getting a thing!" And they're all kind of hyping him up about it. And then what happens, Brad? This bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so this girl is the one who's been dating Tun yeah. the whole time. Yeah, she. Shows up to practice because everybody was expecting Haru to get this cake. And so Tun's sitting there stretching and sees her and he's like, oh, hey. Yeah. And he, or not he, but fucking Haru and the rest of the team just looks immediately just rejected. Yep. And just down, and it was great, but I was pissed because at this point, I was on a time crunch. Like, I barely got this finished just in time to sit down and record this, mm-hmm. but I paused everything so I could text Blue, and I was like, what the fuck is this? The funny thing about this as well is that Brad had previously messaged me earlier today and had said... Oh, I really ship Haru with that girl that he likes. I think they're really cute together. But I think she's taller than him. Awkward. And he sent awkward in a separate text. So I didn't know. And it was like, I think, I think the, I think she's taller than him and awkward. I think there was a bit of a time difference between the, the messages as well. No. And no, there wasn't. Uh, okay. In my brain, I just, uh. uh. But I was reading that and I was thinking, is he saying awkward because of the height difference or is he saying awkward because of what I know is going to happen? Because obviously I've seen this show before. And so I just responded with, ha 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 ha. Because I'm like, he has no idea. If he is just saying awkward about the height thing, he has no clue about what's supposed to come. And and if he's talking about the rest of it, then I'm still laughing at him because this is hilarious. Uh, and, and so knowing that you were shipping them from like, I don't know, like episode seven onwards um, was really funny. 
No, it was from the very beginning, because from the very beginning, from the first time you meet her in, like, episode two, yeah, it was just immediate, like, oh my god, these two are gonna get together, this is gonna be great. Yeah. And then seeing that, I lost my shit. I yeah. was beyond angry, because that tells me, from the beginning, they had this shit planned. Oh yeah. Uh, but the funny thing about it is, is that... Because of the amount of time difference between all of these interactions that you see, like there's months in between episodes or like that happen throughout episodes. Because mm -hmm. we're starting off at the beginning of a school year where they start the squad and we end like it's a full school year. 12 episodes go through a full school year. And, and you think about it, you think about how few interactions they had, how casual those interactions were. She did absolutely nothing to lead him on to this conclusion. I don't think she did I don't I don't think she did anything that could be considered flirting, except perhaps the chocolate cake thing. But if in her mind she's like, Ton is my boyfriend, has been my boyfriend all year, and he's on the cheer squad with them, I think it's pretty easy for us to assume that she genuinely thought that they knew that she was Ton's girlfriend, and so she I assume thought that he knew who the cake was for when she asked for the recipe and then said, I'd give you a slice if it turns out well, to thank him for giving her the recipe. Mm -hmm. It's one of those, because it's anime, it's a given that nothing is ever drawn and done without a reason. Yeah. And you and I have watched enough anime at this point to where we knew from the beginning that that's what they wanted us to believe. Because mm -hmm. anybody... That has watched anything for any amount of time would believe that. But especially just because you and I have watched as much anime as we have, and more specifically me having watched as many rom-coms as I have thought I knew what was going to happen. And I was wrong. I knew something was up with Ton's girlfriend the first time I watched this because of the fact that she didn't show up to their festival performance and he said... My girlfriend's not going to be here. Mm -hmm. So I knew that something was going on with his girlfriend, but I didn't know what. But yeah, so that happened. Uh, so now Haru, his little heart has been broken. Poor Haru. But he decides that he's going to go and cheer on his sister. And she manages to actually lose, uh, end her losing streak. And... She says that she's going to go and come and support them at Nationals. And it's kind of a really nice bonding moment where you get to see two previously really close siblings kind of rekindle their bond despite having gone through a time period of nearly a year of being practically estranged. Mm -hmm. I feel like Haru was pretty much estranged from his whole family during this time. Yeah, I could see that. Because they all live together. I mean, he's in college, but he still lives at home above yeah. the dojo. Yeah. Their their apartment or house or whatever the fuck it was was literally right above the dojo. Yeah. Also, why did they practice on the roof? Why didn't they use the dojo? Because the dojo would have had crash mats. I assume it's because the dojo is being used most of the time they are practicing. Because if they're having university classes as well, I feel like most university students would practice in the evenings. But I mean, come on now. It's what? anime. Shit could have been made. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, but then also you wouldn't have had that, like, Haru needs to get over his fear of heights thing in the beginning. Yeah, but his, they never actually really used the roof as him getting over his heights. He would just always look over the fucking fence and be like, oh, scared. Scared. I don't know. It's also kind of like a, I feel like it was just kind of like a safe space for them. Yes, but also crash mats. 
but also crash meds. They got some up there. I don't know, man. Seems pretty suspicious to me. It was also really amusing to me how they go, we need to find a place to practice with a roof. And then they go and, well, they found a roof, but uh, it wasn't over them. Yeah. That made me laugh. Funny that. (laughs) Episode 12. Cheer boys. This is the final episode. And other than the OVAs, this is the last episode episode of the series and i believe that's going to be the last episode there ever is going to be it came out in 2016 we haven't had any content since but also as there's only four volumes of manga i don't think there's enough content to make more if they did they would have to go off script no typically your average thing of anime you get maybe three episodes per volume Mm -hmm. depending on how loosely or closely they follow the manga Mm mm-hmm because I think your standard episode is three chapters of manga. Mm-hmm. And I think a volume typically consists anywhere between seven to ten chapters. Right. So, yeah. 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 So the boys gather for their final practice before the national tournament. So the way that the um, qualifiers actually worked was that they weren't competing against each other. They just had to get a minimum score. And I think that that goes down to the fact that there weren't a lot of teams competing, which is why I feel like it wasn't so difficult for them to get to nationals because it, it it's not like they had to go through like a preliminary or anything. They weren't versing each other. They just had to get a minimum score because there weren't enough teams to have a pre-tournament before the national tournament, right? Yes. So they managed to get that qualifying score. And so they're going straight into the national tournament. There's no prelims. And they're all gathered and... Remember those old journals that we were talking about previously? Well, now they have to trade them. All of their dirty little secrets from practice that they have been writing down for the past pretty much a year, or at least like six months. No, it's, it was from like September, wasn't it? Cause it was after summer where they got the coach. So yeah, so a good few months. And they've been writing in these journals and they swap them and they get into each other's heads and they have a real big bonding moment where they're all really embarrassed because they wrote secrets and stuff. But then they're like, oh, I understand you better now. And uh, they actually, I would be so embarrassed if that happened, but it's nice that they showed that them being all embarrassed as well. Um, and yeah, they have a real big bonding moment. And the next day they head to nationals and they're all feeling like they've kind of broken through their inner demons and they're feeling pretty confident they're doing you know pretty all right in their own heads and they actually managed to stand up to the sparks like captain and the their ace flyer before their performance and that's where we get to see chen i think his name is chen kind of talk for the first time throughout the show he's a chinese Mm -hmm. exchange student who didn't speak much in the beginning because he didn't speak much japanese and slowly over the months he's been learning more japanese and then he has this big moment where he stands up for his team and he tells them they're not allowed to call them a circus and that was really mean of the captain of sparks the show senpai because he knows that those were the exact words that he said to show before the injury of Sakura, and then he goes and says those exact same words again later, like, dick move. Mm -hmm. He did apologize, but still. Yeah. Anyway, they end up standing up to Sparks and perform a really cool routine. I liked the routine. I thought it was fun. And they had, like, snippets of them, like, self-reflecting and things like that while you were seeing their final performance. The series ends with them recruiting newbies at the beginning of the new school year, and their result is left unknown, right? 
Or yes. am I just crazy? I didn't see that. <laughs> okay, good. No, they they never tell us that. They just, instead of getting results, which honestly, if they had told us they had won, I'd have been pissed. Yeah, they absolutely were not good enough to have won. But then they had a little recruiting montage at the end, and that was adorable and sweet. And I didn't get angry because they didn't win. So therefore, that's a happy ending if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I actually really liked this ending. It was kind of the polar opposite to Dive. Mm-hmm. In the sense that Dive didn't show the final performance thing, the final dive. Uh, but they did show the result. Whereas Cheer Boys showed the performance and showed their growth and showed, you know, them getting over what they needed to get over, but left the result up to your imagination. Which I thought was really smart because they're a brand new team. They're none like none of them apart from Show have cheered before. And they like they have people on their team that weren't even athletes before they joined, right? Mm-hmm. But they all individually got through the things that they needed to get through to become well-rounded athletes and just people in general. And so I feel like they did a really good job of giving you a satisfying ending without unrealistic results. Agreed. Because to me, although both growth and conclusion are important, growth is more important to me than conclusion yeah i mean i wouldn't have minded if they'd said they got like third place or something (laughs) i still probably would have minded yeah because we were introduced to at least two teams throughout all of that two other teams sparks and dreams right Mm -hmm. yes yeah Mm -hmm. so therefore even though they were still just the we only knew three teams there were still more teams at that competition yeah. That had probably been together way longer. So even if they had gotten third, still probably would have been pissed. Now fifth or something like that, that's fine. Like if they yeah, had, if we had seen them getting like participation trophies or something like that, that would have been fine. Yeah. Or ribbons I, or something. Well, that would have been okay. I, I don't know if this is a real thing. I, I may have dreamt this. I don't know. But I feel like in some cheer competitions, they have like um like MVP, I guess. <laughs> like uh, uh versions of that where it's like most like most spirit or something i don't know how it works yeah or like your line april the audience favorite yeah category or yeah. whatever that could have been like fine that. i could have seen that yeah or like yeah most grown or something from like the the prelims to then yeah like that would have been fine yeah and i would have been down for that i really like that they showed them the next year and recruiting the new members i thought that was a really sweet ending to it because it shows Mm -hmm. that although this is the end of this story it's not the end of their story yeah so are you ready for controversial opinion time yes i want to hear your controversial opinion so score wise i'm gonna give it a seven and a half out of ten ah okay but i liked it better than all out really okay so here's my reasoning behind this from a critical perspective it was not as good as all out Mm -hmm. but In my brain, I liked it a lot better. I get that. Because both the OP and ED on this were really good. The animation style, especially with the just vibrant animation on stuff, Mm -hmm. just kicked all out to the fucking dumps. I prefer All Out's animation style. See, All Out's general animation style was better. It was more detailed. The characters suited what they were doing more. Mm -hmm. However, simplicity but beautifully done sits better with me Mm -hmm. because some of the sunset scenes in cheer boys did not deserve to be in cheer boys (laughs) 
But at the same time, because of all the vibrant colors and everything, still deserve to be there, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. So it was, to me, those moments of pure visible bliss in true, like, timing needs. Mm-hmm. Just put it into a higher gear, in my perspective. Plus, the background music in this was a lot better than All Out as well. Yeah, they they did have a noticeable amount of background music. There were a couple of times when that did actually draw me out of the anime. Uh, there was one time when they played sad background music when the scene wasn't actually even all that sad. And I felt like they were trying to make you feel things that they weren't portraying properly. Mm-hmm. And it was a scene with Ton, I can't remember. I think he was being self-deprecating again, but he was so consistently self-deprecating that it kind of became, like, not sad when he did it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know it's what I mean? kind of like me whenever I make fat jokes about myself at this point. <laughs> if, you want it, if you want it to be that way, then okay. Um, well, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, it's self-deprecating, but I do it so much it's a joke at this point. Yeah. And I, I feel like it was kind of one of those things with him of being like, okay, we get it. Mm-hmm. But then again, I'm a cynical person. Like, I have enough of that very quickly. You know, like my... Oh, yeah. I get, like... <laughs> you can only use tropes so many times, especially in anime, before it starts to just get old. Yeah. And I feel like there were a couple of times when they were... And I, like, I fully understand that people's self-esteem doesn't improve in a month, right? But, uh, eh, you know... Yeah, I get you. 100%. I really liked the OP. I really liked the ED. I thought they were fun. The OP, I wanted to like more than I did. Um, I thought they were great, but like there was there was a part of it that felt really disjointed. And mm-hmm. it threw me off every single time. Yeah, the OP was good. The ED and the fact that it was made specifically for the anime was great. Mm. I really enjoyed that. Plus all the chibi animations of all the characters. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just little subtle touches like that that I enjoy. Yeah, I, I'm i going to give it a six. I'm going to give it a solid six. I think things that I weren't too keen on were... I don't know. I don't know why I'm giving it a six. Why am I giving it a six? Yeah, certain tropes I got over. I was like, okay, yeah, fine. And there were a couple of characters that I found a little bit annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, like the ace from Sparks. He was annoying. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make me laugh out loud. Maybe this is just because it's the second time I watched it, so I knew it was coming. But it was all just like, hit. You know what I mean? I mean, there are a couple times where I like audibly just like got a real good kick out of something. I didn't just like majorly laugh. Mm. But I had to kind of divert my expectations a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I could tell from the very beginning that this was not the daily lives of high school boys. Although you said this show was going to be a lot of laughs. Well, I said that, yeah, I don't know. I, in my memory, it had a lot more skit-style moments to it, where, like, you know, when they were, like, arguing on the rooftop, and then he calls them out, and he's like, you're really good at this, and you're really good at this, and you're fat, and you're, you know? Like, that, in yeah. my head, there were more of those moments. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I'm kind of, like, my memory of it was better than it is. Yeah. And so I feel like that's kind of why I was disappointed. There were quite a few moments where I skipped through stuff. I was like, I don't need to know about this. This is long and redundant. But a lot of that too could have been because it's your second time watching it through. Yeah. Like if I watched this through a second time, probably would not enjoy it as much. It's definitely not got rewatchability. Mm-hmm. But again, that's why my rating of it is lower than how I actually feel about it. Because I took rewatchability and stuff like that into account. Yeah, because like As I, of this moment right now, 
Yeah. I absolutely like it more than All Out. That's probably going to change. Mm-hmm. But I also don't see myself rewatching any of these. I see myself watching All Out, especially if they come out with the second season. I'll watch the first season again. That Again, you're setting your expectations too high. I know. I'm, I'm now, still if they make a second season of All Out, I will definitely rewatch it. Yeah. And it's definitely more rewatchable than this. I just don't foresee myself rewatching any of these. Yeah, I don't know. Two Boys was good. That's that's it. It's good. You see, for sports anime, I thought it was great. But again, you started me off with Dive, so my expectations of all this bullshit is extremely low. Hey, Dive wasn't even during sports month, okay? Yeah, but again, that was the first one that you recommended to me. Because you said so you liked swimming, and I didn't want to do free because it was like a million seasons. But again, I, I don't I don't know. But now we know that now Dive know. is probably going to sit at the bottom of our anime awards list. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We're discussing that this Sunday on the very day that this podcast comes out, so we'll see. Yeah, so we're, we're getting things pre-planned and worked out for December. We're trying to continue to be on the ball because we don't, you know, we don't, we don't want to be terrible. <laughs> but I've... That's all I want to talk about. I think I got all my ranting and raving out. Yeah, I think I did everything. too. Okay. So, Blue has a Twitch account that she occasionally streams on for the time being. Yeah. At twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender. She also has an Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM that you can follow for stream updates, live updates, photos occasionally. Photos of her dog, which she also has a Instagram page for at the best Tilly Bean, of where you can see adorable dog photos. If you need some brightness and cheer in your day, please go give that a look because bean photos are best photos. She also has a YouTube and TikTok account where she posts art videos. So if you like artsy things, you can go check those out. She hasn't posted anything in a while, but there's a nice backlog of things that you can go and find artsy things. Yeah, yeah, I've been super busy recently. House renovations and stuff have not been helping. Oh, I would I would say not, mate. Mm. Even though we just had an emergency alert go on today for COVID numbers, so it's probably going to stop mid-go for more house renovations. Love that. Because we've got people in the house. But yeah, if you like the voice that has accompanied me today and all other days when we do these podcasts, you can find him at Brad Carter Gaming on Twitch and on Instagram. He also runs our Instagram, 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 and our Twitter for at Bean for the the for this the thing that you're listening to for the B and B anime, which is funnily enough at B and B anime. Who would have thunk it? And uh, if you if you want to know more about us, if you want to put a face to the names, a face to the voices, if you want to know more about what voice acting stuff we're doing, have a look see at some of our artwork, and figure out where this is uh, where this is being uploaded to all of those different platforms, as well as having a full archive of all of our previous episodes. You can find all of that and more on the website. I know how exciting, which is www.bnbanime. Dot com. I still want to say .co.uk. That is stuck in my brain. <laughs> it's .com, I promise you. <laughs> um, and we also have a YouTube channel where all of these episodes are uploaded along with some fancy thumbnails, which also have all of our previous episodes also uploaded there as well for a full archive where you can drop us 
your opinions in the comments about what you think about what we thought about these animes that we watched. And if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, like I've said many times before, we are just two doofuses who know nothing about actual anime critiquing or movie critiquing or anything like that. We're just doing this for fun, talking about our own opinions. We really don't have any credentials to do this. Just being two weirdos. So if you would like to share your own weirdo opinion, we would love to hear from you. You can drop that in the comics, sec comics section, in the comments section. I wish there was a comic section in YouTube. In the comments yes. section uh, on the YouTube channel or hit us up in those DMs or Twitter or Instagram. Set send us your opinions and future things that you want us to cover. So thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week, Surprise! It's another two-parter. <laughs> because next week, we are covering K-On! Season 2. So we spent a good chunk of this episode discussing Kyoto Animation, and we are jumping right back to it. Because K-On! has a total episode count of 27. So we will once again be splitting that into two parts. Mm -hmm. So you can look forward to an episode going up next Sunday, and also the following Wednesday. Yeah. But outside of that, Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye! <laughs>